Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's David Bowie. I, I mean, uh, is this how, is it going to be like this really? <laughs> Already, David. Um, yeah, this is Bug House Square Mutiny Radio, on the corner of Twenty First and Florida, in the beautiful Mission, where it's uh, always flat and sometimes sunny, and it's uh, it's dark right now. Um, but it was a nice day. It's uh, they say it may never rain again. So um, just you know, I'm really enjoying uh, <laughs> the uh, beautiful uh, early March weather. Um, yeah. So um, let me. I got to do a little housekeeping here before we get this going. Um, of course, this is pledge uh, year, and we're we'll be we're always begging for money. Um, if you've given. Thank you so very, very much. If you're thinking about giving, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, could, you could do worse things with your money. Um, <coughs> no obligations, really. We're just trying to um, just get things together. We got some, uh, we got, you know, like rent and light bill, those sort of things. <laughs> you know, the essentials. We're working on it. Um, so there is a GoFundMe uh, if you come through the website. If you can, please uh, give. Also, this first week of March is um, Comedy Week, uh, Comedy Fest. Um, I don't know. It's probably the third or fourth one, maybe the fourth even. Fifth one, I'm getting hand signals here. So I'm going to bring up these mics. We got um, uh, Casey and the Molina. All right. So, Casey, I'm going to bring yours up. You want to just. Hello. And hello, then uh, Molina, hello. I think. Is this at you? Hi. Uh, excellent. First try. Um so uh, you guys just uh, hang, hang tight for a minute. I want to um, tell uh, all our legions of listeners sure. what we listen to. So that was uh, David Bowie um, off the Aladdin Sane record. Before that was Cotillion. Um, they are a uh, San Francisco band that I happened to see and uh, bought the record. And I like that's a good record. I don't know what it is, though. It's <laughs> the writing is so... Um, yeah, I just I can't figure it out. But Cotillion with a C, C-O-T-I-L-L-O-N. Uh, check it out. It's a really good kind of um, lo-fi. Well, no, it's actually it's high quality, but kind of good uh, trip music kind of thing. Talking Heads from the Speaking in Tongues. Eh, I don't know. Again, with the small writing. Speaking in Tongues is the record, though. Uh, Roxy Music from the, um, I don't know if they were even, Naming their records back then. The Roxy Music record. <laughs> um, and it was uh, Both Ends Burn In. Uh, Siren, that's the, the record. And before that, we had Beck from Morning Phase um, doing uh, uh, Morning. That's a good one. I can't believe I left that record in here for like a month and it, I came and it was still here. I was very impressed. And we opened up with Donna Summer. Uh, uh, I feel loved. Um, and I do. What about you guys? Uh, what drives you? Does love uh, drive the, the comic, uh, Casey? Yes. <laughs> our hatred for ourselves and our love for laughter. Is, it, is, is there um, a certain amount of self-loathing in the community? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and how does that, is that, um, does that help the comedy? Or I don't know. <laughs> I sometimes wonder, I, s I actually sometimes wonder, like, boy, I'd be a lot funnier if I wasn't so depressed all the time. And then, I, then when I'm not as depressed, I can't, I don't write anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My brand is self-deprecation, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Uh, so um, let's let's just. I want to go you individually and um, and just uh, get a little uh, you know taster. 
So, um, Lena, what's uh, where are you from, and um, what do you do, and wh what's go what's going on with with you, Melina? So I'm from Portland, Oregon, and so the sun is very nice. <laughs> it's d there's sort of amount of solar deprivation in those yes. parts. Yes, we've had a nice winter though, uh -huh. a lack of rain. Um, I'm currently a server at a senior living place, and so I get a lot of material. Um, so you live in a in a retirement home. Well, sometimes it feels like my home for how <laughs> long my shifts are. But <laughs> oh, you no. don't sleep. Oh, so you, that's your that's your uh, that puts bread on the table. Yes, as much as you can sneak out of the cafeteria. Right, <laughs> exactly. So um, Portland, it's pretty cool. You ever see this Portlandia show? Yeah, I didn't Is like it. it. You didn't <laughs> like it? Does it? Um, I've I've I driven feel through like Portland it was once. Overrated. Uh, overrated. Okay. Yeah. Um, I understand. Did you, were you like offended by the humor at all or was it? Somewhat. Yeah. And I just thought the jokes went on too long. Like they thought it was too funny. Oh, uh, you know, you know what the best way to deal with it is you just watch like the first episode and it's, it was really good. So I don't have any like bad, bad feelings. I felt right. I dealt with it the best way. I didn't watch it at all. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I, I um I'm intrigued with Portland. I mean, they're uh just from what you hear, it just seems like like everyone's cool. It is, yeah. Um, but um, is there um uh, uh, what's uh what's the community like as far as the comedy scene there in Portland? So there are more and more mics, uh, just comedy mics. Um, you can do like up to three or four a night. <laughs> Really? Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. And uh, do people do that? Oh yeah. So is it like, do you go in a posse, or is everyone just kind of zipping I past mean one another? Somewhat, um, which doesn't necessarily help because then people leave a mic while you're performing, so then it goes from a crowd to of an audience to like. Yeah. Three or your four. Your one friend. But <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, and they're just leaving to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that was a, that's a thing with open mic. Sometimes it's like you got the, you know, the, the, the it seems to be there's like that echelon. I don't know, it, it just from what I can get. I'm sure they're all different in every city. But I think just from human nature, uh, the aspect of it is that there's the there's the the big sheep on the hill, and that could be a group of people or whatever, and and. And they're like rolling in, doing their thing, killing, <laughs> and then off to the next one. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's like no uh, regarding like listening or watching anybody yeah, else. It's all pretty much. And is that? I, and I found that. And I and I I always throw this at the the comedy uh, community that it's a very self-centered group. And I really I just do it as a uh, I just I I don't really mean that, but I just do it as kind of just poking a stick because I come here for like open mics once in a while or yeah. they are just kind of overlap but it's um it's funny to to watch that and and but there is some but i think all you open micers out there that maybe you might want to stick around right for yeah. an act or two before you dodge over to the off yeah. ramp or where whatever <laughs> club you i <laughs> tend to stick around i'm a good uh audience member how long have you been doing stand-up about four years so I remember uh, Jerry Seinfeld said, so you're like four years old. That's like, <laughs> I guess you're like this. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, as far as uh, your comedic chops, that's uh, but four years is um, four years. 
and how and how and how does it feel like is it um is it well more fun now or easier or harder this or is my first festival so that felt cool did you do a set have you yet i have it's uh, not this is it no <laughs> 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 no uh i had a good set on sunday night to make the tapes uh-huh right on yeah i uh invited some family that lives in san francisco and la and and so they showed I up? Yeah, I mostly. I pretty much brought the crowd, <laughs> which. And uh, well, that's fantastic, and that's so that all should be uh, archived for our enjoyment at some whenever we want, right? Through the interwebs. Yeah. All yeah. right, dig. So, um, are you going to do any more? I don't know how that works. If, uh, if festivals. Yeah. If you come, uh, do you have any other uh, slots booked uh, in the week? Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm hosting the spec script. Uh, it was Chris Hotemi, but he uh, uh, gave the spot to me. So. When, what day is that, and what time? Thursday. Okay. Seven. Seven o'clock. Okay. And what? Um. And that's uh. That's a themed uh, kind of thing, right? So it's spec script is a the there's a comic who writes an episode of a TV show that they've never seen. Okay. So I actually will be recycling a script that I wrote uh, from the episode of a show that's no longer airing, but One Tree Hill. Okay. Is it like a sketch thing or multiple people doing this? Yeah. Or all right. Like Dig it. It's all like cold coming into it? or Yeah. All right. Right on. Yeah. Good. Sounds fun. Yeah. And um, so your progression as a, as a comic, is it um, – you having more fun now? Or yeah, is it stressful? I, or I mean – Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you like, I mean, it's it's hard. I mean, when you're like pursuing a, an art form, you know, it's like our, you know, like, I'm, am I doing this for kicks or right. am I like super serious about this? Right. Do I want to be successful? Right. Um, uh, All of the above. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, so, um, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, if you, I, and I don't, know if you would want to take a couple minutes to uh, do a little bit of something or uh, not, um, uh, you know I'm just sure. <laughs> all right so um, well let's see I don't want to like try to set anything up but um, right. <laughs> you're um, so it's like ah all right uh, it's Lena hey she's here from she just came from the other place across town and uh, she's got her two minutes what do you say give it up for Melina thank you thank you Uh, <laughs> let's see. I I recently um recently worked at Starbucks, and so my first day, the barista said, "Hey, uh, can I have your name?" And I said, "No, bitch, it's mine. Like, what? <laughs> Get your own." After I had worked there a while, uh. A customer ordered a bacon gouda sandwich, and I said, "Sounds good." Uh. <laughs> and then I said to myself, "About myself, you're fired." And so then I was freaking out, right? Like, no job. Seconds later, I was like, "You're hired again." Like, don't, don't worry about it. I was recently on a show, 
and afterward a guy came up to me and he was like, you're funny. And I was about to say thank you and he was like, in a good way. <laughs> I was like, thanks for the clarification. I was confused. I recently got a job as a server at a senior living place. I was uh, helping my friend's grandma out, watching her while my friend was out of town. And I asked her if she wanted to take her pills, and she was like, no, I don't like you. I, I mean, I don't like me either most days, so <laughs> I get it. So I resorted to small talk. I was like, what's your favorite color? And she was like, I have one, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Perfect. I was like, how are the pills looking now? She was like, I still don't like you. You're a popcorn girl. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant, so... <laughs> what that meant. She was like, prostitute. But before you go thinking that I was having sex for money, I'm actually having sex for popcorn. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about the business model, but I mean, it's my job, so <laughs> gotta get behind it. Thank you. I've been Melina Best. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> right on. Um, uh, I like popcorn. Yeah. yeah. I eat disgusting amounts of popcorn. It's uh. It's pretty it's addicting. Yes, it is. It is. And sometimes I feel like I just I can't stop. Just you know, till someone takes it from me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which happens, Casey. Hey! Tell us about uh, about your uh, yourself. Where you where you live and where you come, where you grew up. I come from Boston. Hail from Boston. Uh, that's where I'm, I'm living now. I'm originally from Michigan, though. I'm okay. From the because you didn't say Boston, man. I no, I don't say Boston. No, I, my my wife though is a Somerville girl. She's a uh, she's hardcore Bostonian. Yeah. She's okay. got the accent, all that stuff. You know, it's not me. That's up the house, Moss, making yeah. the coffee cake. Pack the cow. Yeah. Um, what about where in Michigan? I uh, I know Michigan. I'm from the hickey redneck part of Michigan called Michigan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, Michigan. I mean, I, it's so nice to be out here right now. The weather yeah. because the weather is so so beautiful here. Right. In Michigan, where I grew up, we uh, we uh, you know we didn't even have four seasons. We'd be marked by two seasons: nine months of snow and three months of risky ice fishing. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's about all we have there to go. But. It, uh, I moved to Boston. My story is like any uh, any good story. My story is about a girl. I uh, I started doing comedy in Boston, and uh, I started doing comedy like a million years ago. I started in like uh, the early, late late eighties, early nineties, actually. Uh huh. Um, and wow. yeah, yeah long, 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 <laughs> long time. And I should be a lot funnier by now. Uh, <laughs> so I. And I moved. I, I did. I, you know, I did okay. I did. I, I became a feature kind of a guy. Thirty minutes at, at good clubs. Uh -huh. Like I played the Riv in Vegas and uh, a lot of improvs and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I moved into public speaking. I you know spent the next twenty. Years Are you a Toastmaster? No, the Toastmaster is sort of like the the. I don't want to say that's a cult, isn't it? It's a pro. It's a, it's a, a, a pro am. It's sort of like I want to be a speaker, so Toastmaster is going to teach me how. I, okay. I, 
I skipped right. I skipped that and went right to I'm already a speaker. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, and that's where I made my money for you know for a long time. But um, the economy hit and everything fell apart. And you know I still do this, the speaking stuff and that. But uh, I be- beat a 30 year pill addiction. And uh, yeah, and, and interestingly enough, when I got sober, my life fell apart. Like, you know, I couldn't, no, nobody would hire me. Like all, all kinds <laughs> of, sh- it's the funniest nope, thing in the world. Nope, nope. Too steady. So, but yeah, so I went, I went back to the small stage. I said, I'm just going to go back to small, small comedy. I'll work up a different kind of a, you know, pu- public speaking act. Cause that can, that pays the bills. Actually. Right. And uh, in 2000, about 2017 or something, I went back and just started miking in that. And then I, you know, started doing shows and getting booked and said well what the hell i'm an old man but these guys seem to still be okay and you came uh, so you you came all the way from boston i came all the way from boston man that's uh that's uh that's fantastic um there's three other guys from boston there's a few boston did y'all come in a van together or no no no. well no we all live in the vans back in boston (laughs) but uh the the thing is that, that this san francisco this but mutiny radio kind of thing especially is is a lot like boston the way boston is very much about alternative comedy like I, I, we're all underground comics like i'm an under i'm considered kind of an underground comic even okay. though i'm an old old guy but like bill burr is he how does he rate in your i mean i i like the guy but i don't know maybe he's just kind of like uh bill, he sold out well bill bill burr is highly revered where i uh-huh. come from okay and uh, because he's from, he's there. like the homeboy, right? Yeah, he's a homeboy, and he will come. He will come to your mics. He will show up at a show. He'll yeah. walk in and, and, and take. He'll do do a few minutes or whatever, and, and yuck it up with the guys, and take pictures with you, and uh-huh. shoot the shit. Good. And he's a decent guy. He's a straight shooter. Everybody knows that about him, you know. And he's he's sort of the guy that people that people look at when they say, you know, if you're gonna be edgy and you're gonna do stuff that is either borders on race or borders on sexism or borders on this right. thing, it better be fucking funny like yeah. it, you better be able to sell that shit yeah. and bill burr sells you know his stuff yeah and, he and he's and he's a straightforward guy he's known you know what you see is what you get and at the end of the day he's a, he's a, he's a really nice guy you know? right on so um he doesn't live in the van or did he ever live in the van with you guys i or? don't know bill's <laughs> origin story really I, I never knew him back then when i started doing comedy in the 90s though interestingly enough i was doing you know, w- we would have mics and there would be showcases where you get like, you know, 10, 10 guys would do seven minutes a piece or 10 guys would do 10 minutes a piece. And I was doing these things with like Mark Marin and and uh, Adam Sandler okay. and those guys, you know, they were all right. like micers and shit. Back right, then, right. You know? Well, that's uh, I hope those guys ended up on their feet. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> I've heard of one, one of those guys. <laughs> right. So, uh, Melina, what about um, a lot of uh, women in uh, comedy? Ha. No. I'm I just mean, hearing like guys Portland? and bands and I don't know. I mean, it's like Portland doesn't have. I mean, it. Ha- I don't know. The majority is guys, but uh-huh. there are funny women out there. Yeah, I, I think it's like around here too, and you know, it's just like sometimes it's just like one, and you're like, oh, right. God, what is I was just at you the like open digs? mic here, uh-huh. and I was well. Besides Pam, I was the only woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. But um, I mean, I don't. Uh, I mean, I I consume. I, I don't get out much anymore. But they got this thing Netflix. You hear of this? Uh, it's like <laughs> a, it yeah. comes right on your your TV set. <laughs> and um, uh, I see all kinds of uh, uh, women that I really that are really like hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, so they're coming from somewhere. Right. I love yeah. Tig Nataro. She's yeah. My yeah. Tig right. is awesome. Yeah, she does a lot of shit out where I live too. So 
Yeah, I just back. saw um, shit, and I'm just like so bad. My memory is so bad. But it was the one, uh, the woman who did the uh, press, uh, the DC press thing, and uh, raised hell. Oh, come on, man, redhead. Um, jeez, uh, Kathy Griffin. No, 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 no. Um, uh, anyway, went and saw her in town, and she uh, she killed. It was really good. And uh, I think I know uh, who you're talking about, but I can't put the name. To she it. was on, and it was like it was like Trump's first. Uh, year, so it was the, the thing. He wasn't there, but then she tore into the press secretary. I, rem- I remember the event. I just don't remember who it is oh now. Uh, That'll bug us now. I'll yeah, it, it will. All Damn right. Sorry. Producers, Stupid can the producers please brain. research yeah. that for us? <laughs> Get it on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, but, um, yeah, so what do you think? You got any theories on that one? Women, it's just too scary out there. Too many, like, because the guys are kind of scary a little bit, right? Comedians are especially... Some of them open it just gets kind of tiring, all the dick jokes, and I mean, yeah. for me. Yeah, personally. it's tiring for me. Do you think it's like, do they think that's funny, or? Uh, uh, right, what you know, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I that's don't. They think yeah, um, yeah, well, I'm sorry. That no, it's weir- no, there's weird, and there's weird crazes, and, fr- and th- you know, in 30 years, I mean, I've seen, you know, the trends of... <laughs> Grocery store jokes to the airline jokes to the now it's dick jokes. Back in Boston, it's starting the ass eating jokes. There's a big trend mm, at Mike's. Yes, and it's sort of, there's a lot of this Me Too uh-huh. stuff that goes on, especially at Mike's. Like, oh my God, so I need an ass eating joke. I don't. Ha-. I'm like, no, you don't really need one right. of those. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so do you uh, do you want to, uh, um, Lena? Do you want to get out of town other than coming here? Do you ever get out of town and and do? Play yeah, other I've towns? done. A bit of shows in Seattle and uh, Eugene, which is not too out. But uh-huh. uh, do you have an agent? How do you book these things? I don't. Um, my cheery self. All right. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> that's good. But I mean, so you do the research. It's like, oh, all right. You look up. There's some comedy clubs there. Yeah. You call. Um, How's, how's that experience been? Like when you went to Seattle, was that uh, pleasurable or was it just a fucking drag? I mean, I went with another comedy friend, so it was good. It was fun. I didn't do super well at the show, but <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, I mean, it's always you know, Seattle's a nice town. There, I've been. I've been um, ways that I like to. Yes, <laughs> it's a grayer portal. It's like. <laughs> It's like the, the open mic, man. All it's just drear and right. <laughs> trench coats. Uh, uh, you guys listen to music much? Yeah, all yeah. the time, constantly. Really? Yeah. 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 Um, uh, like, how do you consume your music, Melina? How do you? Uh, Through my phone. Your phone. Yeah. Dig. And like a Spotify or something along those lines or things like that. Yeah. So do you? Um, do you have like go tos you do or do you like uh, top? You know, like whatever's uh, big on the billboard or, um, you know, depending on how you feel. Yeah, sometimes it's depending on how I feel. But uh, for some reason, I, since a young age, I've kind of been drawn to the 60s, 70s, like Beatles and. Yeah. uh, That stuff still works. Frankie Valli. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some of his records. Uh, Not here, but. but I did bring some uh, comedy records in, and, and I've 
I l- gave them to you, and then yeah. so did you pick like something out of those? I or? kind of my parents actually introduced my sister and I to the Smothers Brothers at a young age. Ah. So I am in love with them. Okay. Was there any cuts on that? Did you do you know we that right, that bit? At especially all? yeah, especially the mom always. Mom liked always the best liked you one. best. It's great. The There's also tattoo song. Is not bad. I don't know that one, but well, well we'll you do can call we'll me stupid. We'll do the big. I do, yeah, that one too. Um, which one do you prefer? Um, we'll, we can play. Uh, Mom always liked you. Best that's the that's the that's the hit, right? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, what about well, you, Casey? Anything there you see uh, that you grabbed? Oh yeah, I mean we we all we both we consolidated okay. on yeah. the same on the same all stuff. Right. The George Carlin record and W. C. Fields, who's just like absolutely awesome. Okay. <laughs> w. C. Fields told my favorite joke ever. You ready? What, yeah. what it is that I I always keep these sedatives handy in case I see a snake, which I also keep handy. <laughs> yeah. The guy was a fucking genius. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but he. He, and he used and get this he he was he was a he was a world class drunk apparently uh, and he used to go around and depo- he, he used to take his money when he would get his money from his stuff he would go to random banks and deposit his money and he deposited uh, his money in all all over the place and then never remembered where it was and uh, and he died, died he died without, yeah anywhere yeah because he couldn't remember where he put all his money because he was too drunk and he deposited them all he was oh like an awesome gosh. juggler too was like, he yeah he was like. Had this whole career before uh, huh. Hollywood, yeah. He was like a vaudeville, like like crazy, stupid, like my God, you're in like a circus from Russia kind of juggling, you know, like bouncing things off walls and seven balls at a time and that so sort of thing. Yeah, so there's no real good album notes on this thing, but we were just like W. C. Fields, hell yeah. So there. Okay, you know. so what we, what we can do is uh, I got a song queued up, but um, I also have uh, there's a segment that we do. It's called Rives from the Basement. Because it's no lie, in the basement we're miles apart. No surprise, <laughs> gonna rise from the basement. What it is? It's home recordists, any style, any genre. They just record music uh, in their homes. Cool. So it could be with a super awesome setup. People sent do stuff on their phone or on their computer or whatever. So it's uh, there's no, uh, you know, it's anything goes. So people send me links to their stuff and okay. usually go in cold. And sometimes it's, uh, uh, you know, and I'm, I don't judge if there's no like critiquing or anything. I just play it. So um, this one here, if I got to fire up my machine here. There's only two kinds of music in the world, music and good music. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good I don't even Music wha- and good music, better music, I should say. I, I, I'm, uh, <laughs> let's see. So this, um, this particular song is, um, it's is a uh, a friend of mine who uh, um, decided to do a cover of a Beatles song, I Am the Walrus. Ah. So this is Steve Ginsburg um, and friends uh, performing and uh, doing I Am the Walrus. And um, I'm, up, I'm touching this, and it, it has responded. Um,
mom always likes you best. There you go. What do you my mean? My mom always liked my brother best, and she never liked me. Mom and... Why you do you and keep mom... Why do you keep telling me mom always likes you because best? Because she... Every time you get mad, you say, mom always liked you best. Oh, yeah? Well, mom always liked you best. You want to know... And you always picked on me? You and mom... You and my mom and my brother get together and say, we don't like you. Because mom liked you best you know and she why never liked me. Wait a minute. Do you know why she liked me best? She... Oh, you... Would you like to know why she liked me best? Sure she liked me best. Why not? I never knew Mom liked you best. <laughs> you and Mom always used to pick on me. That's now I remember. Yeah, now you remember. Mom liked you best and she never liked me. You want to know why? Why? Because I happen to be an only child. Touchy, touchy. <laughs> Touché. Touché. This just isn't your night, Tommy. Your mom you gave you a dog. Oh! My mom gave my brother a dog, and I didn't get to have a dog in morning. Everybody had dogs. I didn't have a dog. You got to have a dog in morning. Anything in the whole world, I wanted to have a dog of my own. I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I want to I have a dog like my brother Dickie Smothers. You remember me. I'm Tommy Smothers. <laughs> And I never got to all have right, a dog, and I, you wouldn't let me play I, with your dog or anything. I remember when I was 10 years old, I said, oh, if I could only have a dog. My brother had a dog, and I, I couldn't... Crying, I buddy. didn't get to play with your dog, and Why you, and you would always tell Mom when I play with your dog, hey, Tommy's playing with my dog. You remember Tommy, the kid you don't like so much? <laughs> and I didn't get to play with a dog, and I didn't have a dog. Uh, hold it a minute. Before we go any further, you... You know you had your own pet already. Crummy chicken. <laughs> well, you wanted it. It's no fun playing with a chicken. They don't bark good. You wanted it. You I said, didn't want that. You wanted to sell the eggs. It was a rooster. <laughs> and every Saturday, my brother, they would, all, the, all of his friends, they get on their, they all get up their dogs and they get their bicycles. And they, You had a wagon. That was a good wagon. One wheel. <laughs> What'd you do with the other wheels? Well, it was hard for the chicken to pull that one wheel wagon. <laughs> Listen. You never liked me, and you went on hikes, and you and. You know why you didn't get to go on hikes? You, you never had, would accept. You, know, you even had a dolly. A what? A dolly. <laughs> My brother had a doll. You shut up. <laughs> You shut up about my doll. You had that dolly. I remember you and your dolly. <laughs> I said, Mom, don't give me a dolly. <laughs> I, I was always, I always liked my brother. Mom says, always like your brother. And I liked my brother. We used to hang around and do things together. Every, about once every three or four months, he'd say, come on, Tom, let's go smoke some Crayolas. <laughs> I certainly did not say that. You did, too. I did not. It stains your teeth. You go it? on hikes. That's right, we went on hikes, because dogs and boys go on hikes. You can't take a chicken on a hike. Frank was a good hiker. 
practice, and all the guys knew Frank was the best hiking chicken in the block. The reason you couldn't go on a hike, you couldn't keep up. You in that crummy wagon. But you wanna know the real reason? That's just one wheel wagon around. All right, Tommy, but you wanna know the real reason? Is that it wasn't your place to go on a hike with us. We liked you, and we liked the chicken, but boys and dogs, they go on hikes together, they're buddies, you know? A little boy even sleeps with his dog. You've never realized the place for a boy in this chicken. Chicken coop. You should have kept that crummy chicken in that chicken coop, Tom, and away from my dog. My uh, chicken killed his dog. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Q-Man, uh, Quincy Jones, um, you know, uh, yeah, he's a good producer, uh, there he is singing, I'm pretty sure, uh, Smack Water Jack, um, I want to thank 
uh, Scott from Flat Black Plastic for for letting me have this record. Um, uh, he's he's good like that. Flat Black Plastic Saturdays uh, noon to two. It's a good show. Um, Melina, Casey, what? Uh, so uh, I know you guys got to get going. You got your uh, open mic. I know you got. They're out there waiting for you. Mm -hmm. The cars warmed up, and but um, uh, let's talk a little bit. We we you guys picked out this uh, uh, Smothers Brothers. So what do you think? Oh uh, my gosh! You think that's uh, you think that stuff's here to stay? I mean, you ever uh, did you ever have a comedy record, Casey? Uh, no. Um, that I tell you, that stuff is classic, though. I. I would encourage like all young comics to to listen to the old stuff because like I listen to Andy Griffiths, I listen to Bob Hope invented stand up. I mean, seriously, right. like, and and you listen to these guys, and I don't care if it's from the '30s, '40s, '50s. You listen to somebody that's good, and you're gonna hear the callbacks and the reversals and the turn. You're gonna you're gonna hear the craft put into it exactly. So the same is way it? it is now. So I, I see that the because. Um, one of the bonding things I got with my kid, I got a 16-year-old kid now, but one of the things that we've always kind of bonded on is t watching TV together. Um, and um, yeah. one thing we really like to watch is uh, stand-up comedy. Oh, yeah. So, And then we're also into, like, um, John Oliver and Trevor Noah and, mm, and yeah. uh, Colbert, you know. So that's kind of how we are. All our news is filtered through the various comedians. But um, – so, but he started getting into uh, like George Carlin, you know, watching because so, a lot of this this stuff is uh, is on YouTube. So, right. um, it, it's um, I'm not sure what my point was on that, but um, yeah, I guess you know. Uh, it oh, oh, it, up, right. it was the formula. So that it's like this, you know. So we're I'm watching, you know, we're watching all this, all these comedies, comedians and our comics, right? And um, but there is that kind of like uh, outline or not. I don't know if it's an outline, but it's, a th you know, the there, there are formulas. There's yep. craft, there's mechanics and that sort of thing. There's timing, there's beats. Yeah. And, you know, and the way you put things around, the way you wait on the audience, the way you, you put in the, the callback, the turns like it's just clear. It's very clear craft. And uh, and that's stuff that something that you guys are. Uh, you do well not everybody does you know there's a lot there's no rules in comedy as they say and there really never have been but when it comes to stand-up there are some things that work better especially for some people than others and and the, and the, the methods of how the stuff works is different do you do blue Casey I work I work blue I also work clean I also have family stuff uh-huh but <laughs> uh, I like it when I can pull the stops out, but to make money, I got to be able to, to work clean. Like when I first right. started in the business, you were, you didn't get like they told me you'll never work TV if you don't work clean because in the '90s there was no there was no blue right. television. What about you, Melina? You uh overall pretty clean. All right. I mean swear words, but uh, I, you know a well placed uh, app bomb is uh, <laughs> works wonders. Yeah. Oh Especially yeah. Especially like when I look like a little yeah. girl. What did she say? Yeah. <laughs> Some people, some people, uh, uh, once complained about like you know whether or not you had to use a cuss word and right. you don't. And Dennis Miller used to had a had a great line about saying you know he has this joke about um, that he said it doesn't work without the without the cuss word in it. And the joke is that uh, uh, this guy was on trial recently for uh, murder and he said that he murdered the his wife because he had low blood sugar at the time. And the guy said, so what you mean is all you needed was a fucking Zagnut bar? Yeah. <laughs> You'd have been okay? And so he said the joke never works without saying fucking Zagnut bar. You right. know, he says you can't make the joke work without it. But 
I don't know. You know, I, I, I have cuss words because I naturally cuss in my real life. And so when I'm <laughs> when I'm up on stage and I I'm mean, doing same. a little more natural. So, Melina, is that is that something that um, I mean, do you find your you take on a, a different persona when you're on stage or uh, I know it had to be like awkward as hell to like do that, like a sitting bit. there, you know, it's <laughs> like. It's <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm kind of the same. I just have this deadpan, like uh-huh. dry thing about myself right and I have you ever worked with people who have like it's like they go on stage and it's like a whole nother thing yeah oh yeah is that kind of weird or is it well when you're like right next to it and you were just talking to them one way and it's right. like, <laughs> uh, yeah well not, it's not weird to us because like it's you know you recognize that some comics are like you know that's they, they like emo phillips or something you know that's uh-huh. the thing he's got to do to, to do his thing you know and he will do that stuff when he takes a picture with me or whatever he's a chicago but boy or yeah, he's like he, downer scrove know, or something He's normal, mostly, at the end of the day. You know mostly. him and Laurie Anderson went to the same high school? Oh, really? If you know Laurie Anderson, he's an uh, avant-garde musician of considerable uh, quality. Well, I, I actually opened – I used to open for Judy Tenuta back in the, the olden days, and I w- op- was opening for her when she and him were together, actually, for mm-hmm. a little while, Judy Tenuta and Emo. We won't talk about it now. <laughs> that's all I like a million years ago. So you, uh, can, you can hear. I was just saying, like er, earlier, you can hear um, uh, the 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 stuff that they that they do in these things has changed. You know, over the years, I, I was trying to think of a point I was trying to make earlier about um, you know the comedy and the craft. Go on. No, no. I mean, I think what you were saying is that there is that they uh, younger uh, you know comics coming up could could learn a lot from listening to these old records and stuff. And yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I've got, you know, I brought in, like I brought a, a prior uh, record in, and I and I just kind of went cold on it. And then he was throwing, like, a bunch of F-bombs, but not, like, the good ones, you know, more of, uh, you know, towards, like, the gay community. And um, I was just like, ah, well, you know, this is slightly awkward, but, uh, uh, you know, that's, I guess it Th- was there a different time. You know? there, that, is th- that, I- that is very much the thing, but what – what is, you know, I think if uh, Mark Maron put it p- pretty well when he talked about now there's a big controversy about, oh, you know, people are too soft and so you can't do kind But, you know, if you can't do comedy without without you're going to offend somebody. But if you can't do comedy without being, you know, completely offensive, Tough to everybody, enough. it may not be right. It may not be the right, you know, may not be the right gig for you or something that. Well, I, I guess, you know, uh, if you're uh, if you're not tough enough, you shouldn't be like, you know, wandering into the comedy. Oh, I remember what I was going to say before that. All that right. That some of the things that some of the things change stay the same, but they change. So, for example, Smothers Brothers, they got canceled in the in, it because of pressure from like Nixon and stuff like that. Yeah. Because he was against their kind of like they all, all had files on him, you know. The and F- because that FBI was considered like I mean, he had Lenny Bruce, but you know, he was on an extreme in, in those days. That was as free speechy sort of as you got was like you know Rowan and Martin's laughing or like the right, Smothers right. Brothers that kind of. Thing. Interestingly, also music and Smothers Brothers connection. The Who actually played on the Smothers Brothers once, and they were supposed to close the show with uh, My Generation. And Keith Moon wanted his drums to have this little explosion when he, and uh-huh. they, he didn't like the size of the charge, so he asked him to increase it, and then he increased it himself, and he ended up making a big explosion, got burns, and Pete Townsend had hearing problems oh for the gosh. rest of his life from that. Smothers Brothers trivia, right yeah. there for you, ladies and um, gentlemen. But what I was going to say was this: they got canceled in the '60s, right? In the 80s, um, in Boston, Lenny Clark 
and Martin and and uh, uh, Martin Olson, who's a great comic who lives in Cal who lives in California. He's like the voice of uh, the guy from the Nightosphere on Adventure Time. He writes a lot of music for you know the, the okay. cartoon I like Adventure shows. Time. He's fucking hysterical. But he used to be like this this comedy pianist and singer, and he used to work with Lenny Clark. And they had a show in the studio in Boston, in uh, Cambridge. And they did this one episode that uh, in their their comedy show they did this segment called News for Negroes. And when they did it, they immediately got canceled. You know, and the show was canceled forever. It's sort of like a little controversy from their time. I now produce a show, Cambridge Comedy Underground show, in the same studio those guys were in. In my third episode, I also got canceled. And it's called News. Oh, was <laughs> News for Bitter White Men? No, or, uh, yeah. no, the Cambridge Comedy Underground, but it's it's free speech comedy. Like you guys are doing on radio, I'm doing that in this television market. They canceled us, but all is well because the producer and I decided to fund it ourselves, and we produce it now and still still going. But interesting how the times change, but the scenarios are the same. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's all human nature, right? We're all just clawing our way somewhere. So uh, off you guys go. Good yes. luck. Are you? Um, Thanks for having. Uh, Thank you. You're you're quite welcome. Um, I was looking forward to this. Uh, Melina, you've already done your 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 stint here. No, you're no, coming. Uh, uh, one more time show. for your uh, whatever the hell that thing was. Spec strip. Spec strip. We're both. I'm I'm one of your players. I know. In spec. Okay, so they're gonna do a spec script. So they're gonna do a play in what's it called again? One Tree Hill. Oh man, just the imagery. It's amazing. Which I've also never seen, so it should be hysterical. And then, uh, Casey, you got, are you going to do a stand-up bit, or are you just that's your that's your uh, next I'm thing? Or no, I'm gonna I'm uh, I'm like all over the place still. I'm gonna do uh, just JW what you're doing Megawatt here. That's all week. I care about is your Mutiny Radio gig. Yes, Wh yes. When's JW that? Megawatt on Thursday. I'm gonna do um, uh, for the tapes for me is on Saturday. I'm doing Hell Hat on Friday night. Uh, and I'm doing Friends of the Pod. I think tomorrow, and the Spec Strip follow up on Thursday. Oh, so you guys give uh, your names, Lizard. your names, and any sort of uh, particulars that people might want to follow you on, or anything like that. I'm Melina Best. Instagram is Best Melina One Two Three. I'm Casey McNeil. Uh, my Facebook page is uh, Casey McNeil Comedy, and uh, my YouTube channel. And you can also get my Instagram is Casey McNeil Graham. <laughs>
lady unfold me but she scorned me and she told me I was dead and I could never return well I argued all night like so many have before saying whatever you give me seemed to need so much slyly refuse me just win me or lose me it is this that the darkness is for I cried oh lady midnight I fear that you grow the stars eat your body Star 
pretty house and shining cars, swimming pool and a fence around. But she missed her old hometown. But she missed her old hometown. All the world was at her door, all except the boy next door, who worked at the candy store. Dream on, dream on, teenage queen, saddest girl we've ever seen. Then one day the teenage star sold her house and all her cars, gave up all her wealth and fame, left it all and caught a train. Left it all and caught a train. Do I have to tell you more? She came back to the boy next door Who worked at the candy store Now the story has some more You'll hear it all at the candy store uh, People always want to know how you get started on this job I guess they ask musicians too and actors and everything, but uh, they always want to know how you got started. They say, how did you get started? <laughs> say to you, did you always want to be a comedian? Well, not in the womb, but right after that, yes. <laughs> sure. But class clown is when you really do get a chance to kind of uh, work out, you know, because the classroom is the best place. The classroom's best because well, no one's allowed to laugh there. And suppressed laughter, you know, is the easiest to get, the most fun. You know, like when you're kneeling in front of a casket. <laughs> During the sermon, whatever it is. And in the classroom. Class clown always sounds like there was only one of them, you know? Or it sounds like the class clown, but that's not true, really, there was, you know, quite often there were two or three or four of them. <laughs> Sometimes you'd have a whole classroom full of them, yeah. If the main guy was absent, second banana would fill in, right? <laughs> yeah. And the class clown wasn't really uh, so unique, you know, he didn't necessarily do things that were real different. Uh, it was that uh, he, he learned things first, he discovered things first and passed them on to the other guys, right? Class Clown was the first to discover a lot of musical things. Uh, he was the first one to get into Hawaiian nose humming, right? <laughs> well, if you're gonna play, play, you know. And then, uh, playing head. You had to be a little mazo for that anyway, you know. That in throat. <sighs> Found out later in life the beard acts as a mute for soft passages. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Class clown was the first guy to discover this, usually in gym class, right? Artificial fart under the arm. <laughs> or as we called it in New York, the artificial fart under the arm. <laughs> there are a lot of ways to make the fart sound when you're a kid. Let me hit this one too. 
and then the crook of your arm. <laughs> it was an important sound, you know. I get it. We found so many ways to make it, you know. I didn't need any of those fancy ones, because I could, uh... I was into the bilabial fricative, you know. I'm so glad when I found out that had a real official name to it, man. I uh, started out as a child and uh, grew up in the streets of Philadelphia playing street football and everything. It was a marvelous time. And uh, let me tell you about my pair of shoes. The first pair of shoes I ever had that I played uh, football in, street football. We didn't have any sneakers. There was only one kid in our neighborhood that had a pair of sneakers. His name was Rudy. I'll never forget it. Rudy came running by us so fast. And <laughs> What was that? I don't know. It was something fast. You know, and he came up. How you doing, gang? How's everything? It's good to see you. What, what do you got on? I got on sneakers. See that? They make you run fast. You can run, stop on a dime. I'll give you nine cents change. And I can keep going. You see these little rubber balls on the, on the side there? Yeah, well, they keep me from making sparks, setting my pants on fire, because I run so fast, you know. And, 
But we always had like a second pair of shoes to run in. Second pair of shoes used to be the best pair. But now they, you, you go and you get a good pair, and they become the seconds, you see. You wear out the sole, take them to the shoe repairman, and instead of putting leather on, he puts on a rubber sole, which is cheaper, and at the same time, better for you to run in, because rubber, you can stop. So there's a difference the way they put on the sole. Now, leather, they sew. Rubber, the shoe repairman tax. So when you run and play, you don't wear the sole out as fast as you wear out the heads of the nails that hold on the sole. So when you do wear out the sole, you know, wear out the nails, the sole flaps down. And when you walk, it's embarrassing because your shoe flaps. You know, you flap, 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 like that, you know. Now, if you got a pair of corduroy pants on, you turn into a one-man band, you know. Flap, 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 that kind of thing. And these shoes were great because if you see a quarter, you don't have to bend over, you know. You just pick it right up, you know. Just keep walking. Great pair of shoes. We played street football right there on the street. And uh, this is where we had the greatest quarterback in the world. Our quarterback, he had to control 23 men on a side. And he was really great at it. You women don't know anything about it. You play with dolls and stuff like that. But he's a guy with an ingenious mind. He'd call a football play like this. He'd always get down on one knee and draw.
Senator, please. I would like to speak a few words on temperance. That's fine. Keep it down there. Ladies and gentlemen, down with rum. Ever since the beginning of time, there has been a drink problem. Quite a problem. Even a greater problem now, it's so scarce. Throughout the Middle Ages, the use of liquor was universal, and drunkenness was so common, it was unnoticed. They called it the Middle Ages, because no one was able to walk home unless they were between two other fellows. I was usually the middle guy. But through the years, enlightenment came, and with it, the control of spiritus fermenti. And controlling spiritus fermenti is tougher than tying a hair ribbon on a bolt of lightning. <laughs> That's a good simile. The first instance of federal authority in this country was when George Washington put down the Whiskey Rebellion in Pennsylvania. I imagine George put down a little of the vile stuff, too. <laughs> there was a fellow that really lived. What a guy, what a man. Now, before I go any further, please do not labor under the misconception that I always have been a teetotaler. No. In my younger days, I was prone to take a nip. I chortle now at the former weakness in my otherwise strong character. But how well I remember my first encounter with a devil's brew. Devil's brew. I happened to stumble across a case of bourbon, and I went right on stumbling for several days thereafter. course now, I touch nothing stronger than buttermilk, 90 proof buttermilk. I look on my days of revelry with scorn and reproachment and shudder when I recall going to the corner saloon, tugging at my daddy's coattails and saying, Father, dear father, come home with me now and bring a jug with you. However, I came from a very illustrious family. My great-grandfather was a friend of Benjamin Franklin's. In fact, my great-grandfather would have discovered electricity, but he was too poor to buy a kite. He had to go out and hire one. I have a picture of him at home, standing in front of the town tavern. He was hiring a kite, much higher.
Yeah, it's been Bug Off Square. Thanks for doing what you got to do to do. Uh, stay tuned for uh, Fuck Off. This is the sound of musical curiosity, bitch. Um, no, it's uh, it's not that at all. But uh, Bear's here. What do you got going for us, Bear? Mike 2? Mike, Mike 2? March Madness. March Madness. Uh, it is upon us. Yes. It is. So songs about madness. Dig. All right. And uh, uh, remember in these, in these troubled times, uh, uh, wash your hands and count to 20.
Time for the Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio every Friday from usually from 8 to 10, but tonight from 8 to 9, we've got a very special Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2020 show for you all. Yay! Clap it up for yourselves for being here, for all the comedians you're going to see from all over the amazing United States of America. Yay! Uh, I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. How you doing? Yay! This is day six, and I'm surprised I'm still alive. This is, it's, it's a lot of, it's just a lot of stuff. I'm like, oh, that's right, I write jokes? Did I do that too? I used to do that? Fun. Good stuff. Uh, feminists in the house? Yeah? Ooh, yeah, it's the same way I feel about it. <laughs> still, you have to be a feminist? <laughs> I don't like to call myself a feminist. It's kind of a dirty word these days. It seems like it's a politicized, dirty word. You know, I'd rather call myself a cunt face. It's more descriptive and accurate, you know, for what I'm doing. But I don't know what else to call myself. You know, language is political, right? What do I, what am I? I'm a female, right? I'm a person. I'm a woman. We are all people. No, it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. <laughs> so I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word spelled without the word men in it. <laughs> Spelling crowd? <laughs> I can spell. I must be a witch. I know how to read too. No! There is no men in feminism. <laughs> it's spelled with an I. <laughs> feminism. I am a feminist. No, no one, no one can't. You can get out your phones and T9 it. I swear. <laughs> There's no men in feminism. It just sounds like there are. It just, maybe. Okay, it's fine. Th but language is political. Like, every month, women menstruate. Menstruate. It's the one thing you can literally never do when you put your name all over it. And you think it's gross. Menstruate. When you have sex for the first time, what do you break? Hymen. Hymen. Hi. I can have sex with all of you now. Hi. Open for business. We get the one feminine pronoun. What do we get? Herpes. <laughs> you give us herpes. Yeah? Good. The one I understand so much because I'm going through it right now is menopause. <laughs> Men are pausing on me. They're like, whoa, she is older than I thought. <laughs> that is, whoa. Oh, yeah. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own fucking door, thanks. I think it's the precept of feminism? I don't know. A lot of ladies in the 70s burned bras and read books so I can talk about my butthole on stage. Yeah. My butthole looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's <laughs> <laughs> maybe. It's like a bunch of worms trying to escape a hungry robin. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> no, I, am, I don't mean to talk so much about feminism. I don't want to be too heavy-handed, you know, as a feminist. But I love the term heavy-handed because that's you used to not beat your wife with a heavy hand because you wouldn't want to leave a mark, am I right? Ha-ha! <laughs> Sorry, I love feminist things. I'm, I, I'm trying to believe in equality now. I don't know if you, this crowd that's into equality. 
No. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Quality sucks. There's a really easy way to make equality happen right now, and that's PG-13 movies. Right, right now in a PG-13 movie, if you cover up the nipple, you get to see a 180% side boob, and that's sexy. Uh, you also get to see some butts, but not the whole. That's fine with me, too. What I say is I'd like to see some side scrotum. Mm -hmm. You might not be on board yet. Let's imagine together a Martin Scorsese film. It's a sunset. There's an infinity pool. Nicolas Cage is coming out of the pool. His long ball sack is deep in the water, right? And his, his dick is above the stairs, so we're not seeing any genitals, mind you, but what we get to see is his beautiful stained glass side scrotum for equality, yeah? I think the movie's called Raging Balls, I think is the name of that Nick Cage movie. I just wanna see like older actors get to come back, make a big comeback because of their long, saggy nutsack. Yes, beautiful, shorn, unshorn. I want to see it all for equality. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited about it too. Uh, any other, any other crazy cat people? Yeah, meow, meow, meow. My cat, my cat people. Bow to your alien overlords with one arm, <laughs> just like the Chinese. They know what's up. Come on now, cats are the best. I'm the crazy cat lady, but not in the way you think. I want to take my cat and I want to shave him. Want to knit a sweater out of his fur? Want to make him wear it? <laughs> I'm crazy. I love cats. Meow, meow, meow. <laughs> I was—I've been getting cat calls quite a bit. Live in the tenderloin. Cat calling is a thing. I—I I don't even see it as cat calling anymore. I see it maybe more as complimenting. A gentleman yelled out to me on the street, "Girl, you've been living a long time to look 22." That's a compliment. I'm taking it. That's not catcalling. Another gentleman said, oh, you got a nice fit on today. I like that. I am fit. I'm wearing an outfit. That's a double entendre and cat complimenting. Thank you. That's good. I try not to wear skirts because a gentleman walked up to me and said, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Oh, you've crossed the line, sir. That is catcalling. Also, like, why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? That's weird, bro. That's, that's on you. Actually, it's all over me. That's the problem, you guys. I, I do understand cat calling now, though, because I, I have a kitten. I have a darling, sweet kitten. And I call her all the time. I go, baby kitty, come here, baby kitty, I love you. Come here, baby kitty, come here. And then she, like, runs the other direction, but she shows me her butthole. Mm. So I run up to her, and I pick her up without consent, and I flip her over like a baby and I kiss her on the mouth. Because I understand catcalling. Like, I get it. I really get it. <laughs> Deep in my soul. All right, yay! That's been my time. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Yay! Uh, we sing a little song before we start this. If you know it, sing along. Here we go. M-U-T-I-N-Y. Comedy Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High, high, high! I need to get a vaporizer. M-U-T-I-N-Y, Comedy Clubhouse. You want to come and tell me, Clubhouse? You're already here. You're trapped. Yay. Thanks for being here. I'm super excited to bring up all of your awesome festival comedians. 
your first festival's comedian. Put your hands together for the very funny Dash Thompson! First Wednesday live jazz. Live DJ's yeah. Thursday. <laughs> I'm gonna keep moaning till I'm sad. Ah, okay. Uh, what's up? How are you guys doing? Do you guys feel good? Feeling? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, I like it. It was. Uh, it. I felt inspired by that. Uh, uh I found out. Uh, recently, I was. I was looking through some old baby photos, and uh, they were mine. By the way, I don't just peruse photos of babies. That's not my thing. I found out by looking through some old baby photos that my mom, when I was a toddler, put a rat tail on my head, which is, yeah, yeah, that's upsetting to find out. Because you never look at someone with a rat tail and think, like, that guy could do my taxes. But you have looked at someone with a rat tail and thought, that guy, he keeps all of his money in a shoebox, I feel like, under his van. Uh, yeah, because, like, you know how moms like to put, like, like cool punk moms like to put, like, mohawks on their toddlers, right? And they're like, look, he's a little punk rocker. My mom put a rat tail on my head. was like, look, he's a little junkyard salvager. Isn't that cute, huh? Yeah. Pick up some scrap metal, you little trash baby. Get out there. Don't touch him. He's got tetanus and rabies. Best friend's a raccoon. So anyways, this little wild child. It's fun. I say that because I have this working theory uh, with rat tails uh, that uh, people with them also own raccoons. I can't prove it. I just hope that I want to do this joke one day and someone with a rat tail in the crowd is like, hey, man. That's accurate. Just pulls a raccoon out, and I'm like, yes, finally. <laughs> I've been proven correct. <laughs> cool. Uh, I also found out, uh, looking through some old, uh, some old photos of me, that for my first day of school, like my introduction to uh, other kids, my mom sent me out the door uh, in suspenders and a bowl cut. Uh, that was my first look. Suspenders, yeah, suspenders and a bull cut. Just like a little message to the rest of the kids, like, just bully him. D don't even look anywhere else. It's going to be him. Uh, she dressed me like a middle-aged divorcee who cuts his own hair. And you know how sad that is to show up on your first day of school just like, <laughs> divorce is hard, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> All right. Mostly that joke's for myself because I just love doing that voice. <laughs> and every time I do that joke, the crowd's always like, please, please don't do that more. Uh, so I'm going to move on. Uh, yeah, I also found some old footage of me, uh, uh, playing basketball for the first time, uh, which is also, like, pretty upsetting to look at, especially if you ask, like, like, any, like, guy, like, average dude would probably assume he was a pretty good athlete as a kid. If you show any of them a tape of them running as a kid, they're like, ha fucking never mind, I guess. That's, uh, just all elbows and hips, you know? Uh, footage of me playing basketball on my basketball team, I found out... And I didn't know this, or I just didn't remember, or I probably blacked it out, where uh, every time our team would score a point, I made the decision to cartwheel down the court. Uh, I was in the game, just mid-court, just cartwheeling, like, yay, points, Dad. And my dad's like, I got a theater kid, don't I? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> doing jazz hands. You know, it was, it was cool to me. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I am, uh, I'm, I'm single, uh, which is fun. Uh, my last girlfriend, uh, broke up with me in a park at night, which I thought, a little risky on her part. Um, <laughs> you know, not that, you know, anything's gonna happen. It's just, you never, <laughs> us men, right? Anyways, that's, that's a cute, fun throwaway joke. <laughs> it's just a little cute joke you just throw out there, and you're like, oh, we're dangerous. <laughs> just kidding. Um. 
I should probably get rid of that joke. <laughs> uh, cool. I think, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this uh, fun little thing. I, um, in middle school, I was really into wrestling, like WCW. Anyone else? Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. Super into wrestling. Uh, in eighth grade, me and my buddy, we would uh, pretend wrestle uh, with each other and stuffed animals. It wasn't weird. It was really cool. And uh, we'd wrestle on, like, the trampoline. I remember once uh, his little brother wanted to, to wrestle with us. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of, like, give and take with wrestling, right? Because it's, you know, it's like stage, it's theater. Uh, his, his little brother put my head between his legs to powerbomb me. But I was like, I'm not going to get powerbomb, no bitch. And I threw him back, and I bloodied his mouth. And then wrestling was done forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a real bummer. But me and my friend, we would, uh, we would like, we really like to do it up, you know, because we were kids. We have imaginations. And we came up with our own wrestling uh, duo name. We called ourselves the Venom Bros, right? That's not bad. You could see that. It's not that bad. We also had our own tagline. Because uh, you remember how, like, uh, Ric Flair had, like, woo, and The Rock was like, you'd smell this shit or whatever? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we had our own tagline as the Venom Bros, but it was way less intimidating. Our tagline as the Venom Bros was, Venom Bros. Which uh, is, uh, doesn't make you the cool kid in middle school, but it's a great deterrent for bullies. Turns out no one wants to pick on the kid who licks other kids. It's just a rule at school. I'm going to kick your ass. When and where, baby? They're like, never mind. You win everything. Anyways, that's my time. Thank you very much. Dash Thompson, everyone. Hooray. We have comics from all over the United States, and your next one is from Chicago. Clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Aaron Atkins! Thank you very much. Hello, my name is Aaron. Um, I am from Chicago. Uh, I'm back in town for this festival, and we're down the street. i got to get this off my chest because it's happened today. Has anyone here been to the coffee shop down the street? It's just called Coffee Shop, right? That guy's a sociopath, huh? That guy's a fucking sociopath. First of all, because when I went first in there, he's like, hey, fist bumps for everybody. When he fist bumps me, can I fist bump you real quick? He goes like this. He goes, do you vertically like so? He goes like this. Hey. It's like half of my fist, right? And then he doesn't even acknowledge it. He's like, so what's up, bro? Are you vibing on anything? And I was like, what the hell? Not vibing anything. And I get I, my, my friend, another comic here, Sam Carroll, got a fucking, um, he got this drink called the Sherpa. It's like an iced coffee drink. They put, like, coffee, snow, like, ice cubes in it made out of coffee right it's like the big gimmick so i'll get one of those uh, and i pay like eight dollars for it first of all which is a lot of fucking money for a cup of coffee even elon musk over here agrees with me it looks fucking a lot of money man and i swear to god when he was making it he puts the ice cubes in and he goes he to his coworker, he goes let's put four it's probably enough it's probably enough what the fuck he was gonna put five i swear to god he's gonna put five it's probably enough what do you Paid eight dollars in advance. Whatever. <laughs> one of the, one of those dollars was a tip, so I'm a bitch tax for that. It's a seven dollar cup of coffee. I misspoke. Sorry, I'm an angry little man. I <laughs> I have a lot of pent up anger. Uh, probably because I'm from here, and uh, my parents are vegans. Less a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's why I look like how NPR sounds, right? Because I've grown up to be a thrift store mannequin in the flesh. Okay, <laughs> I'll get it out of the way. My parents did a seance on a New Yorker tote bag, and I was like, hey, fully grown. 
Have you guys read David Sedaris? He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Having two vegan parents is like having two autistic parents, though, you know? Because even if you're not, like, you're still going to act like you are. You know? Like, when I was a kid, my favorite band was podcasts. So, yeah. I had a t-shirt. I had a This American Life t-shirt I wore to school every Thursday and Friday. Anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> I was the only one. All right, I pee sitting down. What else is fun about me? <laughs> um, what else is cute and <laughs> quirky about my identity? Let's see. I'm also I'm a queer man. Hell yeah. <laughs> At the record show, standing ovation. <laughs> um, actually, this is a part of the show I like to play a game with the audience called... Um, is it gay porn or is it kung fu that I slowed down? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a little clip and I just want you to tell me, is this gay porn or is it just kung fu that I slowed down? So let me know. All right, gay porn or kung fu? You think kung fu? Kung fu? You're wrong. It's a straight guy deadlifting at the gym. So <laughs> you're <laughs> all wrong. <laughs> this man was being ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, this—he's gonna live on forever in a mediocre stand-up set. <laughs> Say hello to San Francisco, man. Yeah, I got being queer and vegan in high school. Sucked ass for me, you know. I think I think what also sucks is that like I'm not like queer enough for a lot of people. Like I'm too straight. Which is stupid that you can even do that. And also the people that accuse me of that are also these straight guys in like basketball shorts and a t-shirt that just says like gap on it, you know? <laughs> and it's like, you're going to judge me over this. But like, I think that's just stupid because like gay culture is like so huge, you know? Like you could live, like grow up on one side of it and never see the other at all, right? Like when I was a kid, I never, like I never watched RuPaul's Drag Race. That wasn't like my gay TV. My gay TV was um, Anderson Cooper 360. So, <laughs> right? Right, we love a man that's like technically gay. That's what I like a like a Buddha judge kind of guy, right? <laughs> like, like if he had a flow in the pride parade, it would just be like a gray Honda Civic, you know, <laughs> going to like softball practice. Yeah, well, like I said, high school still sucked ass for me. It's a very easy target, you know. Like I really did bring a tote bag to school <laughs> through my satan. <laughs> I should read the Atlantic sometimes. I'm not such a stereotype. Uh, I my honestly, I was pretty low on the social ladder. It was like me, like the assistant principal was like one above me, and above us all was like the kid with the rolly backpack. You know, he's like the cool kid in our friend group. Like the kid that bullied me, I had a bowl cut at this time, by the way. Keep that in mind. I get that that's a large visualization. I had a bowl cut. The kids that bullied me were an anime club, which is ass. One of my bullies posted a video of himself on Facebook recently doing katana choreography to Evanescence. And every day that kid was like, faggot, why? <laughs> Me? How? He's like, you eat vegetables. What? 